I want to set things up a little bit. As we begin this series on the life of Job, I want to give you an introduction to this amazing story. Most of us have heard of this man named Job. His story is well known because he dealt with so much suffering, a tremendous amount of suffering. In the Bible, the book of Job tells this story. There are 42 chapters in this book, but most of these chapters don't really deal with the plot. The majority of this book is made up of arguments and questions and struggles, all related to human suffering and the character of God. As we'll see, this this story brings up all kinds of tough questions like, why do bad things happen? And can we really trust God? Can we know that He is just? And then we also ask, how can a person hold on to their faith in the midst of uh, the kind of suffering that seems unbearable? Over the next few weeks, we're going to dig into all of these issues, but today we're focusing on the problem of suffering. We're going to cover the first two chapters of this book, and we're asking that God would use this story to help us, to give us strength when we suffer. So, let's get right to it. Let's go to the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 1, and here's what it says. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. So, from the very beginning here, we have a story that's different than what we see in the rest of the Bible. First of all, the land of Uz was not part of Israel, not a part of Judah. In fact, we're not exactly sure where Uz was. Second, Job. He's not an Israelite, and that's unique because most of the Old Testament focuses on the people of Israel. We also don't know exactly when this story took place. So it seems like the author of this book doesn't want us to be distracted by specific details like time or place. We're supposed to pay attention to the heart of this story. So let's do that. Let's take a look at Job himself. What kind of man was he? Well, as verse 1 goes on, we, we learn that Job was kind of an amazing guy. He, we're told that he was blameless, upright, righteous. He honors God, fears God consistently. Job was also extremely rich. We learn that he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys and servants on top of that. Job is described as the greatest man in this part of the world. However, his wealth was not the extent of his blessings. Job also had a large family. He was blessed with seven sons and three daughters, and like any good father, he cared about his children very much. So it's almost like a movie. It's like one of those movies where everything starts out ridiculously happy because we're being set up for something bad that's about to happen. And that's the case here. After we're introduced to this rich and happy man, the scene changes to the realm of God Himself. God is on His throne, and He's surrounded by angels. And here's where the story gets a little strange. A character shows up who is known as the accuser, and and the Hebrew word there is the word Satan. You might have heard it pronounced Satan. So God speaks directly to Satan, and He says, Have you noticed my servant Job? There's no one else like him on earth. 
He is upright. He's blameless. He fears me. He honors me. And Satan says, well, of course Job is righteous. Why would he be anything else? All you have done is bless him and protect him. So how about you take away all those blessings and then see what happens? I bet he would curse you to your face. Now, here's the weird part. God says, okay, do your worst. Just don't harm Job directly. Now, if you're like me, you're already asking some big questions. The main question we're asking is, why, God? Why, why would you let him do this? Why would you let this happen? And we'll come back to that, but let's keep going. Satan leaves the presence of God and starts inflicting all kinds of harm to Job's household. The sheep are struck down and killed, as are the camels and the oxen and the donkeys and the servants. Pretty much in an instant, all of Job's wealth is gone. But then the unthinkable also happens. Job's sons and daughters are all having a feast at the oldest brother's house and a great wind comes and batters the house until the whole structure just collapses on top of the children. All ten of them are killed. Now let's back up for a second. When you combine all of this suffering, it, it's almost cartoonish, right? It, it seems like just too much for one person to bear. The truth is, though, there are real people who've had to deal with a staggering amount of loss. Just this week, there was the woman who lost nine members of her family, including her husband and her three children, in that horrific boat accident in Missouri. Job's story is not as far-fetched as it seems. The question is, how will Job respond? Will he curse God like Satan predicted? Well, let's pick it up in chapter 1, verse 20. It says, at this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. So Job is completely devastated, but he hasn't lost his faith in God. He bows his head in worship, and Job is still willing to praise the name of the Lord. Well, back in God's throne room, there's another conversation with Satan. God says, I take it you noticed my servant, Job? He still honors me. His integrity is still intact. And Satan says, well, yeah, sure. Job is still holding out because we haven't touched a hair on his head. So you let me strike his flesh and bone, and, and then we'll see if he changes his tune. Again, God says, okay, go ahead. Just spare his life. So Satan leaves once more, and this time he inflicts Job with incredibly painful sores all over his body, from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. We don't know exactly what this condition was, but we do know from other parts of the book, that the pain from these sores was excruciating. It's right here that uh, we see Job sitting among a heap of ashes. He's overwhelmed with grief and pain and suffering. And then his wife shows up. And let me tell you, Job's wife is quite the charming lady. Uh, chapter 2, verse 9, his wife said to him, 
Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. And he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. So this Job really is an amazing guy, isn't he? It's remarkable. Job experiences all of this suffering, and yet his faith in God is still rock solid. Now, some of us look at that and we're impressed, maybe inspired. Others of us look at Job here and we think, that's kind of unrealistic, isn't it? How could someone go through all of that and, and still be saying, hey, I'm okay, I'm good, I've, I'm keeping my chin up, I'm still trusting you, God? Seems a little crazy, doesn't it? Well, if this story comes across as unrealistic so far, don't worry. Things are about to change. In chapter 3 and beyond, Job's emotional state gets much more complex. We'll see him go through an emotional ro roller coaster. There are times when Job remains confident in God's goodness and his justice, but then other times we hear Job start to doubt and even uh, make accusations against God. Job really wrestles with grief and with faith and with God himself. We also learn by the end of the book that it was okay for Job to respond this way. At the same time, though, Job did hold on to his faith. He was persistent with that. And I said we would come back to the why question, and unfortunately, I have to tell you this, the book of Job never really explains why God allowed him to suffer. He never gets a clear answer, just like we don't get a clear answer when we ask why. So I want to encourage you, don't get distracted by the why question, because this book doesn't even try to explain that. The better question to ask is this, how can I hold on to faith in God when I'm suffering? We're going to discover this book has a lot of help when we're asking this question. 